It's not our Akoba. It's not your Akoba. It is the Maya Koba Classic, and the cut line is here to tear this sucker apart. We're almost through the swing season, and the majors are in smelling distance. No, 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 not really. Six months to go till the Masters, but it seems like forever, but we're almost there, halfway there. Hello, Canada. Hello, USA. Hello, Australia. And hello, UK. And welcome to the cut line. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter, and the gruesome twosome is back together again. Yeah. Feels like it's been like freaking forever. The 6K Maestro, Martin Pillar's number one fan, the lineup building machine, Mad Money Manafort, Zero Iron Zach, Zach Manafort. Zach, how are you doing, buddy? It is good. I have been, I feel like it has been forever, man. It's been, it's just, stuff has been wet and wild and crazy, and it's good to be back. I feel, I feel good about. About where this is going. Yeah, it's funny how things just kind of unfold. And it's only been two episodes where we haven't been together. But it just seems like forever. It's it's strange. It's odd. My Mondays seem vacant. I know. It was You were out. Then I was out. And then we had the bye week, which is a weird schedule for the PGA. Even though they had a double event the week prior. I, I don't know. It just it felt, it felt feels like much longer than three weeks. It has. It has. And, and then just even looking into this this holiday season like the pga schedule gets even more foobar but um you know we're almost to january the start of the main 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 heart of the season gonna gnash its teeth i'm excited about that i can't wait these contests are just not they're not my favorite at all and DraftKings is pricing them so they're making it even harder to to really want to play but it's a good warm-up good way to feel out some of the some of the different profiles and approaches we can take. So it, it is what it is. I, I, I'm i looking forward to every week, but as we inch closer to January, it's just, it's, it's, it's going to be a higher output of my bankroll. I'm just excited for this golf season, but yeah. Cutline is here to bring you in-depth DraftKings analysis of the Maya Koba classic. And we're going to do the best we can. <laughs> I like these guys. They are funny guys. Just kill one of them. To bring you the best lineups for your GPPs this weekend. We'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sand traps, and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And now the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass, taking names, Scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line, pun intended. Mm-hmm. And we finally have a cut line this weekend, which is That's about time. so nice. But Wednesday is always crunch time for my PGA bills. And even though I have my own ownership projections, I always appreciate a valuable second opinion. The guys I use, Fanshare Sports. Fanshare Sports is embracing ownership giving you accurate projections for a multitude of sports, not just golf boys. So for all you grinders out there, make sure you take the time to sign up. Do you want to save a little money? Of course you do. Use the word CUTLINE in the discount box at checkout and receive a 20% off your subscription. Ownership is not a leverage to be belittled. And as always, a special thanks to PGA and Fantasy National for all the stats they provide for f- golf fans and PGA DFS enthusiasts. 
Fantasy Nationals helping draftees create unique lineups based on key stats and analysis. Trying to figure out why your lineups are struggling week in and week out? More than likely, it's because you're not considering Fantasy National. You're ending up at the wrong end of the flag stick. So I ask you, how are your lineups doing? Maya Kobazak. What are our golfers looking at this weekend? Oh, Mayakoba. One of the easiest courses on tour, so it should be quite the birdie fest for our first cut line event. So, par 71 here, about 6,987 6, yards. Uh, it ranks 39th of the 49th hardest tour, uh, course on tour, so not hard at all. Uh, the greens are running at about a 10.5, which is about average, a little bit slower than normal, uh, but we shouldn't see anything crazy, so putting, yeah, we'll see. The grass types are seashore past pollen, so good luck finding stats on that. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. The designer was Greg Norman, who obviously was mailing it in and enjoying the Playa del Carmen weather because he made this course extremely easy unless the uh, the wind picks up, which, looking at the weather, a little early as always, but uh, right now the wind won't be a factor, really, at least on Thursday and Friday, so I don't see that being an issue. What we will encounter is quite a bit of rain, especially Thursday. Uh, we could see up to almost two inches of rain between uh, 1 a.m. Thursday and 4 p.m. Thursday. So I don't know if that ends up getting delayed. They end up doing lift cleaning place or any, any other of those options. But it could provide quite the advantage to uh, one of those golfers. So let's try to see what happens and what, what they're indicating what they're going to do here as we approach uh, Thursday morning. Uh, for me, I'm going it pretty straightforward based off of what we've seen in the past on these type of courses and, and on easier easier setups in the PGA. I'm focusing on GIRs gained, uh, good drives. These You don't really have to have length off the tee here, uh, but if you do set yourself up uh, on some of these shorter holes, you know, being accurate and placing the ball is going to be important. Uh, scrambling, if you do happen to get off course, I'm looking at strokes gained par four. And most importantly, I think, is birdie or better gained. Strokes gained approach, we're going to see guys coming in uh, quite often from distance on these holes uh, after some shorter drives. And then bogey avoidance, uh, just I think putting is going to be a premium here. You want guys that are trending in the right direction. You know, it's hard to predict putting on a week-to-week basis, but I'm not going to pick an abysmal putter who just hasn't been putting it together. Um, putting will be my deal break or my tiebreaker for a lot of these guys. Uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at. I'm keeping it easy. Uh, I'm not trying to do anything funny this week. Uh, what are you looking at this week? For me, uh, it's a very simple, straightforward approach. I'm looking at strokes gained approach, birdie or better gain, ball striking, strokes gained, tee to green, and greens in regulation gain. This is just such a scoring course that I want all the scoring elements. A lot of golfers are going to put that driver away this weekend, so off the tee stats are kind of irrelevant. Short par threes, short par fives, par fours are more of the more difficult holes on this course, so... Something to keep in mind, but I'm excited. You know, I love scoring courses more often than not. So we'll, we'll see how it unfolds this weekend. But that will take us to our Birdie or Better segment, where Zach and I will break down this weekend's field of golfers in each tier of DraftKings pricing. We're going to start in that 11 to 10K range. Zach, kick it off for us. I'm going to go right to my boy this week. Uh, I loved him last season. I haven't been on him much this year so far, but I think Victor Hovland at 11-2, and it's a range that I don't usually, you know, set my foot in at all, at least early this season, but I'm locking and loaded Victor on an easy course. I, I don't think he has any problems here. His last 36 rounds, he's ranked number two in my model, which is the second highest priced golfer, so I'm not getting any value, but he's first in GIR's gains, second in good drives, 
First in approach, second in bogey avoidance, third in birdie or birdies gained, and first in strokes gained par four. He only struggles in scrambling. I think he's going to be dialed in. He hasn't been really performing to the level that I think he should have. Uh, at the Zozo, he was 41st. CJ Cup, he was 31st. Uh, but I think this is where he starts to turn it around here. Uh, a little bit warmer weather. Uh, West Coast guy. I- I'm all over Victor. I think he'll be, he'll be the only guy in this range that I play. Yeah, I love Victor Hovland this weekend. First in my model on Fantasy National Ooh. and first in my private model, which very rarely occurs, but when it does, it's always a good omen. I play those guys anytime that does happen. It usually works out in my favor. Um, but one thing I do caution is that he is going to be popular in 19% ownership. So he, he is going to be somewhat chalky. So you're going to have to be with the field there and go contrarian elsewhere. Now, fourth in strokes gained ball striking the last 100 round. Seventh in strokes gained tee to green. Also eighth in strokes gained approach. All key stats for me. I'm with you, man, on Victor. He he is studly for this course and ripe to just break out. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't get away. I don't even care if he's chalky. I'll be all over him. All right. So a leverage play that I wanted to mention is Jason Day, just below Victor at 11,000. We're looking at single-digit ownership. I got Day right now at 5% ownership, and that number could go down or fluctuate up to all the way to 7 or 8. Now, recent form, 22nd, or 22nd at the Zozo, 31st at the CJ Cup. All right, looking for positive regression for Jason Day. <laughs> And here's my argument. He was so bad last year, and I know the man's always riddled with injury. Yada, yada, yada. Say what you want. We are looking for positive regression for Jason Day. He's someone that, for this season, I'm going to be considering every week just because of how bad it was. Also, we'll throw another name out there who's not here this weekend, Dustin Johnson. <laughs> no, God, not too early for that matter. All right. So, anyways, fourth in birdies in uh, the last 100 rounds, third in birdies are better gain, and tenth in greens and regulation gain in the last 100 rounds. Jason Day, most definitely a leverage play up here at the top at sub 10% ownership. Single-digit ownership for Jason Day, Zach. What do you think? Uh, I'll pass. And the only reason I think I'm going to pass is I'm trying not to get too funny here and I just don't like his his birdie or better in the last 36 rounds at 95th. It just kind of worries me. Uh, I want to see him put it put it together. I think in the, you're paying that much. You're really going to have to take some some risks at the bottom of your lineup, and I don't think I, I want to do that paired with with Jason Day. More money for me. That's that's fine. fine. That's good. That's f- Who else you like in this range? Uh, no one really. If, if I'm forced to pick another guy, I think uh, Billy Horschel would be on my list, dropping down to the lower 10s at 10-2. Uh, his stats don't really jump off the page to me, and I really don't like it. Um, but he has been doing good at bogey avoidance. He has been doing pretty good at, at par-4 scoring, both in, in the top 20 in this field. Um, you know, I don't have a whole lot to say about him. He doesn't make me feel great. Uh, he had a 21st year last year. Um, he had a 6 three weeks ago, but... I think, I don't know. I don't really want to play him. I don't think I will because I'm not playing enough lineups this week where I'm going to need that many guys up this high, but I might throw one in with, with Billy Horschel. Well, the lack of recent stat analysis for Billy Ho is because he has not played in events where stats have been calculated, specifically those strokes gained stats. So, But in terms of placement... 24th at the HSBC, 6th at the Zozo, and 64th at the CJ. Mind you, these are all non-cut events. 
But the 24th is promising. The 6th is promising. You talk about recent form placement. Those those WGC events are non-cut, but if they're for big money, I think you do need to play your best golf there, especially at the HSBC. Had 3.6 total strokes gained last week, 8.9 at the Zozo. So you could get Billy Horschel at the right time. Still a tad expensive, but I'm with you on him. I, I would roster Billy Horschel. Yeah. The last guy I want to mention in this range is Tony Finau at 10-6. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's first in strokes gained tee to green in the last 100 rounds, first in ball striking, ninth in strokes gained par four. His recent form, though, is suspect. 53rd at the HSBC and 59th at the Zozo. Not not necessarily correlating courses to here at Mayakoba, but needless to say, I would like some better form for Tony Finau. But we did see a ninth at the Shriners not too long ago. So does Finau have that game in him? Yes, he does. Does he have the same game as two years ago? Not quite sure that he's resurrected that Tony Finau that I miss so much. (laughs) Um, But he is someone I'm going to go a deeper dive in this weekend and hopefully get him into a few of my lineups. Yeah, I definitely see the appeal on him. He's searching for that win and he, He's definitely priced right. I have him fourth in my model. I just I just don't have room for him. I, I think I like him better than Billy Horschel, but I think he'll come in higher owned. Yeah, it'll be a small discrepancy. We're looking at about 16% to 10%. So a 6% difference, it's it's not going to make or break your lineup unless, of course, one or the other wins. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's always possible. All right, so let's go down to that 9K range. Where, I, think, which... I think we have to address one more player. All right, go ahead. I think, I think we have to talk about Kucher. All right, so, I mean, well, my issue with Kucher here is the price. It's not the history? It's not the history. It's the 11-4 for Kucher price. I I, I just, he's a great golfer. I don't think uh, this uh, top range, he's the best golfer. And do you think the, the media from last year's stiffing of the, the caddy will throw him off? No, because isn't this where, isn't this where he he paid the guy five grand after winning like a million? No, bucks that was in Hawaii. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, no, sir, that was here. Are you sure? I'm ninety nine percent positive it wasn't Hawaii. I, try, I know that, and I'm gonna look. I am. No, you're wrong. That's yeah. it was Hawaii. No, it was not. Matt Kuchar, Mexico. Matt Kuchar returns to Mayakoba Classic, the site of Caddy Gate. Whatever. It was this course where he stiffed the caddy. No, I don't, because he went back to Mexico last year after Caddygate and did just fine. But not to this course. He's a pro, man. Pros uh, don't pros don't buckle under that shit. I just I want no part of him. I just I just I felt like we had we had to bring it up. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I, I am not interested in Kucher simply because of the price. It's not because of Caddygate <laughs> and because he didn't pay some schmo. <laughs> Who actually probably went around his back on some handshake and said, "Oh, look, this guy stiffed me." Um, come on, man. <laughs> I don't care. I don't like it, dude. I don't play. For the record, I know. <laughs> I don't play fucking narratives, dude. Hey, I'm telling you, Caddygate's real. Dude, a professional golfer has so many more things to worry about than whether or not someone's going to yell, hey, you're going to pay me some money? I'm your kid. Oh, no. Yeah, he, he had to formally issue an apology. Dude, it's over. <sighs> you know what's over? The 10K range. Let's go to the 9K range. I'm with you. 
All right, I don't love this range, but I'm going to mention my first guy at 9-8, and that's Joaquin Neiman. Yep. He's tied for 60th here in 2019. So tour history is not necessarily something you want to bank on here, but third overall in my model, top 10 in my private model, fourth in strokes gained approach, second in tee to green, third in ball striking. Now 9,800 is expensive, and he's still chalky at 18%. I'll eat it. I'm going to play him. Um. Yeah, I've got nothing to say because I'm all over. I, I love him. I can't. You said it all. Oh, perfect. I concur. <laughs> I agree. All right, who else you got in the 9K range? I'll go off the wall here. I'm going to take Lanto Griffin at 9K. I think he's overpriced probably a little bit, but uh, I love him. Uh, he's been playing great in 2019 already. Uh, he won the Houston Open back in October, and he's got uh, four straight top 20s leading into that. He's only played here once back in 2017 where he did pretty awful. Uh, he finished, I don't remember where he finished, like in the 60s. Uh, but leading into that event, he had just missed cuts all over the place. Um, so his form wasn't that great. Coming into this year, I think he, he's he's playing at a much higher confidence level. His stats show for it. He's uh, you know 13th in birdie or better gained, 11th in strokes gained par 4, 5th in bogey avoidance, uh, and 8th in scrambling. So I, I don't think he'll come in extremely high owned here. And I just love him in a lower 9K spot that I think he'll go overlooked when he's you know, kind of smashed between you know, Grio right below him and you got like guys like Russell Knox and, and Neiman up top. I just think he'll kind of get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I still have him projected for about 11% ownership, so double yeah, digit. Not too bad. It's not terrible. The problem with, with thinking he's sneaky is that his recent form in terms of not just like the last five tournaments, but the last almost 30 tournaments, we're looking at strokes gained in all major categories. Mm -hmm. So, you know, anyone who has any kind of stat engine, PGA stat engine, they're going to look at that. They're going to see that. And I don't think Griffin's necessarily going to be sneaky. I do think he's a solid play by all means. But the one thing that does scare me a little bit with his recent form here at the Houston Open, the Shriners, the Safeway Sanderson, is his putter was magical. It was. Right. So it's been a month since he's played. We'll see if he still has that magic putter. If not, you're not looking at... No, oh, he's got the magic stick. No. <laughs> Are you really referencing... Yeah, 50 the, the magic stick? I am. Sounds like a new segment. <laughs> Oh, dear God. Oh, uh, what have we done? I have to write this down. I got the magic stick. Ah, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> um, so, anyways. <laughs> yeah, Lanto, not a secret necessarily. I get it. My concern is the putter. It's, it's, it's hard to keep a putter hot if you're not using it. And I get it. He's out on the course every day playing golf, doing what he does, but still. This is not competitive golf for a month. Um, I tread with caution, my friend. I'm treading all in. Here we go. All right, <laughs> my last my last 9K guy is Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, right above him. He's another one that's he's going to fall away from. 9,100. All right, we're looking at double-digit ownership at about 14%. I think that's actually one that could go down. Because that 9,100 number is just kind of one of those sticky numbers where you just can't quite fit them in any lineup builds. Mm -hmm. So there is potential for that. But 18th in strokes gained, ball striking, 
14th in strokes gained tee to green, 28th at the Houston Open, 74th at the Shriners, but 16th at the Sanderson Farms. His game is kind of everywhere when you look at his past history. So it, it is something to take into account. Now, thing I love, no tournament history here. So it could potentially drive ownership down a little bit further when guys are looking right above at Abraham Answer, who was 21st, 9th, and 55th. Or even a little bit higher than that at Russell Knox, who was 9th, 3rd, 2nd, and 37th. So um, someone I'm most definitely interested, especially when people are going to be headed towards Knox or Chucky Three Sticks or Neiman. So what do you think? Yep, I, I like it. At Shuffler was one I was kind of bouncing back and forth on, and I went with Griffin instead. But I, I definitely see why. And If I wasn't on Griffin, I'd be on Shuffler. All right, anyone else in this 9K range you feel that we need to mention? Any elephants in the room here? No, I mean, I like Knox, but I think he's going to be way highly owned. I mean, ninth, third, and second three years prior. He's a ball striker. He'll, he'll do well, but... Yeah, he's going to be he's gonna be popular. I just don't think I'm going to play him. Because of that, for that whole reason, I just think he'll be too highly owned. Sure. But no, makes, other than that, no. It makes sense. All right, well let's 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 go down to the 8K range, which for me is a little bit more popular, and I like a tad bit more. But um, you want to kick it off? Yeah, I do. I want Mr. Dylan, 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 Fratelli at 8K. I saw Fratelli there, and I knew you just you just couldn't resist. I, I can't. I mean, he's just I don't know. He's he's playing well. He's got no tournament history here, which I like because especially on easier courses, I feel like you can come in here and, and just do well without having to worry about first time syndrome um he's in you know last two no cut events and then, you know not great 22nd and 43rd uh, at the cj cup back back in october but prior to that i mean he finished seventh at the safeway sixth at the sanderson farms uh, and that was with a, with a terrible putter so if he can put that magic stick to work uh, and keep those approach games good and, and tee to green game pretty solid uh, i think he's got a, a solid chance to to finish i would say you know like top 15 and an 8k that, that's great i'll take it I think that is the key kind of missing aspect of Fratelli's game is that putter. So you are hoping for a hot little uh, short stick, but... Um, Maybe he's a post pollen pro and he just doesn't know it yet. He's never putted on here before. That's potential, but you're, you're going to get one or the other with Dylan Fratelli. It's oh. not going to be like somewhere in the middle. You're either getting the hot putter or you're getting the abysmal putter because over, over time, he is barely barely negative in strokes game putting so you just kind of know that it's it's either his weekend or it's not and you'll know early which is kind of nice so i i like the dylan fratelli call here it's risky but um it makes sense now to get even riskier oh yes with the putter i'm going to go with mr grio at 8900 that's fantastic all right. Now, I, I, I do want to explain that I did not include putting stats in my Fantasy National model. So he's fourth in the Fantasy National model. All right. So first in approach in the Fantasy National model. Third in strokes gained tee to green. Second in strokes gained ball striking. First in greens in regulation. Finished 15th, 9th, and 10th here the last three years. So the tournament history is here. But, man, that putter could kill you and kill your lineups i'm not scared 
but I think Rio is a solid play. I just don't know how much I'm going to have when he's going to be chalk at 20 freaking percent. <laughs> yeah, three for three. Three is here. I, I mean, he's got to be chalk. It's a tough decision to make on him. It is. It really is. I mean, even even without putting, because I didn't put putting directly into my stats either, but I have birdie or better gained and bogey avoidance, which takes a little bit of it. And even with those 41st and 58 number, he still comes out ninth in my model. So, I mean, it's not it's not dragging him down enough where it's like, eh, I don't think he's going to make the cut, but for 8,900 and a 20% ownership, I mean, he's really got a top 10 this thing. It, it That 20% is is cause of for fade and that's 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 why i wanted to mention that now if that number changes through the week my sentiments on him are going to change now, i'm not i'm not going to disagree i love him for this tournament but if Griot's going to be 20 percent, we know how volatile of a putter he is he is someone that you need to say no this is yep. like like dare dare say no on drugs from the 90s get your dare bears out and say no maybe that's a new segment the dare, dare bears. bears i like that the Dare Bears. The Dare Bears. I like that. God, I can't wait till her new stuff. Oh. What would you call it? What was your other shit? Magic Stick? Oh, the Magic Stick. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, who else you like in this range? Uh, I hate. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to pass on it. JT Poston at 8,200, I like. I think he's in, in solid form. Fourth in Burger Better's game, 40th in Burger Avoidance. 24th in JR's gain. He comes out 11th overall for me in my model. He's got three straight cuts here, 21st, 14th, and 35th last three years. And he's coming in in pretty decent form with a 24th and a 27th over the last two weeks. He'll probably be a little bit higher owned, um, but I don't know. I'm a fan of posting. I think you, t- you get less risk here, uh, especially with a putter who is the, kind of the opposite of Grio. He's usually gaining strokes at least uh, over the last like, eight months or so. Um, so I like him. Well, th- this range seems to be littered with those putters that are just either going to win you tournaments or lose you tournaments. So the next guy I want to mention, who is a leverage play for me at six percent, um, it's Keegan Bradley at eighty six hundred. Tied for fifteenth and eighth here in twenty seventeen and twenty sixteen. Now his third in strokes gains approach, tenth in strokes gain tee to green, eleventh in ball striking, twelfth in greens and regulation. Last five tournaments he has lost strokes gain in approach and that's one of the key stats to uh playing well here and winning here now he's never a great putter he never is just like Rio. but i'm willing to take the risk on keegan bradley simply because he is six percent owned um and you know he's going to be the leader after the first day because that's what he does but um I like Keegan Bradley. I'm not quite sure how much I'm going to have in my in my lineups and my exposures, but Keegan Bradley's in play for me. Pass, pass. I can't do. I can't take that that heartache this early in the year. Well, you got to. Last one I want to mention was Ches Revy at 8,500. Uh, only eight percent ownership. I could see that going up potentially. Second in strokes gained approach. Sixth in ball striking. Fourth in strokes gained par four. He's 26th and birdie or better gain, but also another guy that we worry about that putter. So, Yep, I had Revy highlighted. If he's not chalk, I'll play him. If he's chalk, I'll pass. So if he's not chalk, I'm in. All right, let's go down to the 7K range, which obviously really opens up with a lot of players in this range. So um, start it off for us, buddy. 
Uh, Brian Harmon, 7,700. Not the sexiest play in the world, but for me, he's 16th in my model over the last 36 rounds, and he's just looks good. Scrambling, he's third. Bogey avoidance, he's first, which I think is going to be key here. Uh, he's 18th in birdie or better's gain. 13th on approach. Yeah, so he's putting it all together. Now, you know, he missed cut the Houston Open. Okay, concerning, because he looked atrocious. But prior to that, I mean, the dude was in fantastic form. He's gaining strokes across the board, except around the green, which I don't think will be as key this week. Uh, he got 18th at the Shriners, 14th at Sanderson Farms, 3rd at the Military Tribute at Greenbrier, uh, way back in September. Uh, but he was just, uh, like, destroying approach games, uh, which I think will be key. And if you can keep a putter in the green... Uh, I think we'll see him perform pretty well here. Uh, he has played here in the past. He's made uh, what is four of six cuts, never finishing better than 26th, and that was like seven years ago. So there, you know, there's cause for concern that he doesn't finish very high. But I think this is a ceiling year for Harmon, uh, coming in in pretty decent form. So I'll have I'll have a little bit. I have some interest in Harmon. Yeah, I do see some some validity in what you're saying about Harmon. Um, there was that span here in 2017 where he finished eighth at the HSBC, and following that at the RS, RSM, the TOC, and the Sony, he had he it was a string of one, two, three, four, five straight top tens. So and then finished 20th at the Desert Classic, going into the uh, main part of the golf season. So there 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 is opportunity for him to catch Brian Harmon on fire. I'm just not quite sure that it's now being that he didn't play across overseas and he did miss the cut at the Houston Open. So I, he doesn't have that form that says, hey, ride me for a little bit. Well, that sounded weird. <laughs> and, um, and and you'll be fine. So we'll, we'll see on Harmon. Like, he's a good golfer. I like the call. I just don't know if I'm with you on it. That's all right. I'll take, I'll take the risk, really, this year. All right. Well, I'm going to go with Baby Jordan in 7,900 with Harold Varner the third. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. runs into uh, 35th in all. He, he's in the top 35 in all uh, all major stats that I considered this weekend, and he's coming in at 66 to one to win. So at 7,900 dollars, I'm most definitely going to take those Vegas odds on 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 Varner the third. Now his putter's heating up, and that's something that you want to see, especially coming into a course like this where putting is going to be key. Um, at the Shriners, we saw a putter of 2.1 strokes gained. Now, we don't keep these stats at the uh, CJ Cup or the Zozo, but overall he did gain almost four strokes putting um, on average at those two events where he finished 27th and 26th respectively. Not a terrible putter, not a great putter, but Varner nonetheless, someone who who I want to play this weekend. Looking at about 14% ownership right now, so with a golfer who is that caliber, and the ability to potentially top five, top ten this tournament is 7,900. I'm going to have plenty of Harold Varner the third. Yeah, I don't blame you there. I just worry that four, you said 14%, which is not terrible. I thought it would be a little bit higher based on his kind of his form here and his sixth last year, but it's, it's pretty good. I think I, could, I can get on board with that. All right. Uh, next guy I want to mention was Kevin Streelman at 7,500. 12th in strokes gained ball striking, 14th in tee to green, 18th in greens in regulation. And the one thing I like about Streelman is the fact that he missed the cut here last year. That's going to lower his ownership. People are going to people look at that recency and say, "Oh god, I don't want anyone who missed the cut recently." 
and that's more of the casual fans playing, obviously, but it, it, it's something I always consider. And then you look at the fact that he missed the cut at the Shriners, missed the cut at the Safeway, yep. so he's looked terrible overseas, except for his 12th place finish at the CJ Cup. But, uh, you know, the opportunity is good. It's a new venue. You're back on North American soil for Streelman. Um, because he did finish 20th, 4th, and 34th before his missed cut here. So, Streelman's in play for me. Yeah, he didn't make my, my initial cut, but I do see that he does kind of jump out there on some of the stats, and that's, that's interesting. I have to look, I'll have to look more into him. I hadn't at all to this point. All right, so who else are you looking at? I'll steal your guy. Cameron Tringale at 7,400. I just think, he, oddly enough, over the last 36 rounds, he ranks out first in my model. So, he initially got all of my attention and that's because he just looks he's top 20 in all stats and he's really top 10 in almost everything that i'm looking at good drives he's sixth uh birdie better's game he's fifth boogie void seventh strokes game par four and approach he's eighth and then uh gr's gain he's 11th um he's, it doesn't seem like that's possible but he leads pretty much in all those categories at least in the top 10 form wise is 13th at the houston open uh, the last thing we haven't tracked at where he did extremely well across the board uh, his approach game has been pretty dialed in. His TD green game has been great. His putter's been up and down, but uh, I don't, I'm not really worried about it here. I think he'll come in locked in. Um, his last two appearances here, uh, back in 18 and yeah, 17, 25th and 46th. Um, so I think leading into this, he's got great form. I think we'll see Tringale really outperform his salary, and I, I'm going to be pretty overweight. I think I'll at least double or triple what's whatever he comes in at final projection. Yeah, I love Tringale. I always tend to play Tringale. And first, first of all, everyone knows my Sergio Garcia role. We're most go, most definitely might go Oppy with Cameron Tringale. And no matter the tournament, I'm going to have at least one lineup with him because his name is so sexy. But um, you know, names aside, his golf over the last twenty rounds for this price has been really good. It's ridiculous. And in even long term, you look at the last 200 tournaments, he's only lost strokes off the tee. And, and as often as we say Tringale is terrible off the tee, it hasn't even been that bad. So it's something to look at. I like Tringale. I like the way he's trending. Um, you know, his experience is obviously showing that he's becoming more and more of a consummate pro and the ability to win on tour. So um, more wins than, uh, than your boy. Your long-haired darling uh, overseas. Should, should we mention it? We can't mention his name no, yet. He's, no. he's not here. He's not. Okay. Okay. He's not. Bronson Burgoon. Oh, jeez. At 7,400. All right. I know what we're saying. Bronson Burgoon, normally in the 6K range, normally a monster or a you know, guarantee, but... 7,400, he missed the cut in 2018, but he did finish tied for 25th in 2016, and he's low-owned at a sub-10% because he's way overpriced. I get that. He totally is overpriced. But we haven't seen him since the Houston Open where he finished 13th, but he finished 13th at the Houston Open. Last five rounds, gained strokes in every category except stroke gain off the tee. We're well aware that strokes gain off the tee is not a huge factor here. I like Burgoon. Ergun. No, I'm with you. I think he's overpriced, but I, I do. His stats in the last 36 even look good. Most of them were in the top 15. And it's, even though he's overpriced, it's still right in the right range. 
you know he could end up finishing sub 10% ownership right now I got him hovering a little bit over 10 um, so we'll, we'll see what happens on Wednesday but if it is sub 10 I will be overweight on Burgoon truth alright who else in the 7k range do you like <sighs> I don't know this is a guy that I'm, I'm having a hard time with and I've looked into kind of like his history and it, it just it lines up the same it's 7600 for Bryce Garnett the dude just has phenomenal for whatever reason has phenomenal course history here he's fifth last year 25th year before that took off uh, 2017 and then a seventh and a sixth the two years prior to that but when you look at his stats I mean sure his scrambling's fourth good drives fourth bogey avoidance third he's 98th in birdie or better's gain and 102nd on approach he has just been god awful on the approach, which we all deem as important here. But when you go back and look at his fifth in 2018 here, uh, the prior event at the Shriners, he lost five strokes on approach, and the, the following two events, he also lost st- strokes on approach. So for whatever reason, it's the same thing with the, the years prior to that. He came in on the 25th in 17. The event before that, he lost two strokes, and the three events after that, he was losing strokes. So I don't know what it is about Mayakoba. I don't know if it's just because it's easier, but whatever it is, he feels comfortable here, so I am going to throw out the approach 102nd rank and just roll with course history and feel here, and I think I will have a fair amount of Garnett this week. What What is a fair amount for you, though? I would say... what. Well, let me ask you this. What's his projected ownership? I haven't looked. Um, for Garnett, it's it's... You know, it's it's quite high actually. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, on my private model, I got him at just a shade over twelve percent. And Fantasy National, let me open that up. Fantasy National has him at eleven point two. Okay. And Fanshare Sports doesn't have anything on him yet, so. Um, that's crazy because he has not been over three percent owned this year. Yeah, but that course history. It, it's tasty, right? Like you it want... is, but I mean, if you look at him stat-wise, it w- it should turn you away from him. I know golfers like their their courses where they they just all of a sudden fit in and hit their groove, but even for a guy like Bryce Garnett, I, I have no interest in how vast the seven k range is, and the golfers that I like are are just better golfers overall, and even the ones I don't like. Um, like you're looking at someone like Ryan Armour. Yeah, I like Ryan Armour. But I'd rather go Ryan Armour than go Bryce Garnett and and Graham McDowell. I'd rather go Graham McDowell, who is an incredible golfer, than than I would than I would go Bryce Garnett. It, it just I see where you're going with Garnett. I see the past history. The problem is that approach game is terrible. And it's so key here. I, I just don't want any piece of that at all in my lineups. It, it's bad juju, man. It's all right. I'm going to take the juju. I'm either going to be done Friday and can focus on NFL, or I'm going to be sitting pretty. I hope you're sitting pretty. I hope so, too. But I'm, I'm taking some rest this week. I'm going to play the, the top safe, and then, then I'm just going to get a little ridiculous on the bottom. But not not, not like stupid ridiculous. There's, there's a pattern here for Garnett, and I think that I'm going to try to follow it and hopefully get it right. All right, so looking at this 7K range, it's huge. It's massive. We can go over all the golfers that we love, that, that we really, really want. But who do you think is going to come in over-owned and someone that you just need to fade? Kyle Stanley. 
I'm with you there. I, I just, I think that for me, he jumps off the page at my model, and everyone seems to love him, even though he burns people religiously. I, I just, I don't know. He, for whatever reason, I've heard his name mentioned so many times, but he's the last two times he's played the the course here in four years, he's missed the cut. Well, 21st at the Houston Open, but before that, 48th at the Shriners, miscut at the Safeway, miscut at Sanderson Farms. It's not like his recent form is anything to talk about. It's not, and I don't know why he's so he's he's sounding so popular. But I don't want. I will have I, no. There's nothing you can say that'll get me on Kyle Stanley this week. You know what it is. It's those touts that are more popular than us. That's true. Good. We'll follow them and follow them into the cut, the down the cut line, and then come listen to the cut line and don't do that again. That was a terrible transition. I tried. I you got to work. <laughs> I didn't know where I was going with it, and then it, it was too late to turn it around. So, all right. Just listen to us. Don't listen to them. <laughs> so let's go to the six K range, and this will finally bring back Zach's favorite segment. The MG Monsters and Guarantee, where Zach and I will bring our 6K player, the monster we feel that will finish in the top 25, in our guarantee, our 6K players that we feel will make the cut. Zach, this is your segment, man. Thank you, Martin Pillar. <laughs> yeah, thank Ooh. you, Martin Pillar. He cost me a lot of money that week. What do you want to start with? You want to start with Monster? Or you want to start with Guarantee? I don't know. I'm going to go with... You know, I'm upset because my boy was in this field who had previously won it, and I was certain he would be in the 6K range, but he withdrew. So John Hunt is no longer in the field. So I had to, to retool. So I'm going to go... We'll go with Monster. I'm going to go off the wall, super risky, Brandon Wu at 6,800. Brandon Wu. Brandon Wu. Instead of John Hunt, huh, we're going Brandon Wu. Uh, you know... Not a lot of not a lot of history here. You look at him, but 17th at Houston Open, yeah, he was gaining strokes approach. His putter was good. He was a little bit iffy off the green, um, but overall he's pretty solid. Uh, I think you're not taking too much of a risk on an easier course here, where most guys are shooting under 70. Uh, I have no issue taking Brandon Wu here when he can easily follow up, you know, Victor Hovland to the top in a couple of months. Um, I just see him as another guy that's going to outperform his, his rookie status and just destroy everybody. <sighs> well, it's not a bad choice. And I think you already know where I'm going with my monster. I do, and I was going to steal him from you, but I didn't. Oh, thank you for that. We're going with Sepp Strzok. Ah, I knew 6, it. 6,800. <laughs> Dude, the guy's an elite golfer. If he would just learn how to freaking putt. Yep. Like, we're talking about one of the best players on tour. Um, it's just that his putter is abysmal. Um, so it is high-risk play, but that's not what the Monster's for. The Monster's for your top 25. Now, in his last five tournament rounds, he has gained strokes except for around the green and in the putting. But I do want to say there is hope. At the Houston Open, he finished fourth, where he finally finished and figured out, like, his around the green game, but still lost. Point two strokes putting. He's a terrible putter, guys. You need a strong putter to win here. But Sepp Straka, he's my monster. You know who I was going to go with? Who? Kevin Chappell. Ugh, you're killing me because Straka is going to be my guarantee. Well, you could still make him your guarantee. No, 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 no. I want to go. I want to go off the rails here. Do a double G, double G guarantee, baby. No, Do it. No, no, no. That's it. I'm, I got. I got another one. I'm, I'm going to have to dig deep here. Oh, seven thousand. 
Wow, you're cheating. Fine, I'll pick two guarantees. All right. I'm going to go with C.T. Pon. Yep. And then Zach Blair. I'm going to go with those two guys make the cut. And we'll start with C.T. Um, C.T. always seems to be like one of those guys who struggles, struggles, struggles. And we have that change of venue, which offers like a vast different type of course. And he comes back and dominates. And I could potentially see him finishing top 25 here. Not quite sure that is going to happen because when you do look at his like course history and tournament history, it's not the strongest. 16th last year, but then a 55th and a 46th. But I do want to make sure that you guys know those are made cuts and we're guaranteeing that CT Pond makes the cut. Um, terrible form right now. Looks good here, though. He's going to make the cut. The other guy I was talking about was Zach Blair. Zach Blair has made the cut every time he's played here. 55th, 42nd, a top 10. And then 23rd. He did not play here last year. He did not play here last year. But Zach Blair, also someone who has great, strong course history here. Um, also, his recent form, 28th at the Houston Open. Didn't miss the cut at the Shriners, but had a fourth place finish at the Safeway. So, ups and downs, strikes and gutters with these guys. Those two are my guarantees. Who you got? All right, I'll double guarantee it. The first one's going to be kind of a, a, a reach, but I'm going to go for it. And it's JJ Spawn. At, at uh, what is he, 6,700, which is pretty high for a guy who's just playing terrible golf. But he's finally made a cut. He made a cut at the Houston Open. In his last three years here, he's gotten a third, a 14th, and a 28th. Made the cut every year and done extremely well. So I think hopefully coming off the Houston Open where he got 73rd uh, and was bleeding strokes all across the board except for putting, I think he'll gain some of those strokes back on an easier approach game, shorter course. Uh, and then he'll keep that magic stick going uh, and drain some putts, find himself in the middle of the leaderboard, and, and at least make the cut on Friday. So that's my number one, and I think that's my lesser of the guarantee if I had to pick one. Second one I'm going with is uh, Jason Duffner. I think he's kind of overlooked here at 6400 I don't really understand why he's priced so low, but he ranks 22nd my model for me. He's made the cut here twice over the last four years when he's played, the 21st and the 40th. Uh, not in the best form coming into this, where he's missed the last kind of the three cuts that we've seen. Uh, but his approach game has been on. It's just the putter's been killing him. So I think if he can turn that around, uh, he's got some time off, or I think maybe he's done that or made some adjustments here on a little bit easier course. I think based on his history, he should sneak through the cut, the cut line, and probably finish at the bottom. Uh, but he'll make it as a guarantee. Not a bad call. Um... You know, looking at the 6K range, looking at ownership projections, Scott Harrington's going to be your 6K chalk. Scott Harrington? Yeah, remember the guy who recently made the cut for the first time to get on the oh, PGA Tour? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, you know, not a lot of stats to track on Harrington, um, but when yeah. someone gets up to upwards 10% in that 6K range, that that's a fade for me. Um, yeah, no, I'm with you. That I didn't even... feel good story by all means, but um, not the week I'm going to roster Scott Harrington. So hey, what do you have? Uh, out of curiosity, I'm sorry to break up the flow, but what do you have Scott Brown at for ownership wise? Scotty Brown. He just he just looks statistically so bad, but he's made six of the last seven cuts here over the years. So I think he's just a, a solid cut maker. I just can't. I couldn't bring myself to say his name of how bad he was playing. I'm just curious what his ownership is. 
One percent. Yeah, that a lot. That's still that seems high. I mean, miscut, miscut, miscut. Thirty ninth, thirty first, seventy sixth. Guy's bad at golf. He's bad, but he's making cuts here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyone else you want to talk about in this six K range? No, they, they took away my favorite player, so I, I don't even care anymore. They didn't take him away. He smoked himself away. Well, that's not my fault. Alright. Kun Lee. Kyung Hoon Lee. Sorry. He's gonna he's gonna, he's cut one of these weeks he's gonna play well. You uh you keep riding that train, buddy. That's Graham gravy. Delete. Graham, Graham Delete, sixty one hundred. He's priced too low. Gravy. Oh you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones and you're off with the boys. To boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. <laughs> That's a wrap. Cut line is over. It's all over. Fine. Is it January yet? No, it's not. But the fall swing is almost over. In the meantime, pay attention to the cut line as we soon will be unveiling new segments, deeper analysis, and plenty of laughs. For your listening pleasure... So um, obviously, we might have some new segments next week, thanks to Zach's toss of the magic stick, which I actually like. We'll figure out a way to incorporate that. Um, the Dare Bears and um, can't do it. So who yeah, knows yeah. what we're going to come up with. But Zach, great work today. As always, man, you make this show. You are the reason people keep coming back. False. You rocked it. <laughs> you rocked it. It's all you. It is true. And uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you to the listener, and thank you to Fanshare Sports. Thank you to Fantasy National. Thank you to PGA Tour and the stats they collect for us. DFS PGA fans. Um, I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. Give the cut line a like and a follow on iTunes. Good luck this weekend, and let's get some. Bye. <laughs> I, that's awkward. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs>